Alright, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're going to get started tonight. Um, I have some announcements, but I'm going to save those till the end because I, I was looking at the time. How many of you guys just enjoyed that time of worship? Amen? Amen. God is good. Uh, he's great to be praised. Uh, man, I just could have kept going on that. I will stand for it. My goodness. And my voice, I was singing really loud in the back. Sorry, you guys had to hear me. Um, and I... Uh, my voice is now gone. I, I had a cold coming into today. I just belted as loud as I could as I was worshiping. And so if I don't make it through the sermon tonight, uh, may God forgive me and may he bless you. Um, so what we're going to do before we get started, I'm going to invite you guys to sit a little bit closer. That way I don't have to yell so much. So I love my friends in the back row, Alex, Kate, and Jamie, but I'm going to ask you guys to move a little closer. My friends in the third row, if you guys can just come in nice and tight. I like it when we're tight. Um, so, uh, come on in, get tight. I'm going to ask uh, Aaron, can I borrow you just real quick? If I can get you to get me a glass of water, that would be, uh, that would be amazing because I know I'm going to need water um, and to get through tonight. Uh, I asked Alex uh, Hayes, Alex, if you want to come up here real quick, um, Alex is going to help me get started um, because uh, I've got... Very little voice left. And so uh, my brother Alex is going to open us up in a word of prayer tonight. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we come before you tonight with uh, open hearts and open hands, ready to receive the words that you've spoken through, Matt. I pray that you will give us the um, ears to listen, Lord, and application to use it in our life, that we'll put it into work, we'll let it, uh, we'll water it, we'll feed it and let it grow and sprout, Lord. I pray that you will uh, prepare our hearts and, and prepare Matt as he presents the word tonight. Bless the word and uh, speak through him. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, brother Alex. Well, hey, guys, we're going to dive straight in. How many of you guys had a fun time doing our worship week last week? Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was a good time. Um, but I missed preaching. Um, I love to preach, uh, and I love preaching to you guys. You guys are my favorite bunch of homies. I'll use that word from the pulpit because it's, it's legal. Um, so we're going through the book of Ephesians right now. I was very surprised how quickly we're moving through it. And then I realized, oh my goodness, we've been in the book of Ephesians for this is the eighth week. Does it feel like it's been eight weeks? I know, right? It's been eight weeks and we're just tearing it up through Ephesians. Thank you so much, brother Aaron. It's always good to have someone who will be your cupbearer. Uh, Aaron faithfully is a cupbearer, and uh, if I was Moses, Aaron is Aaron. Aaron lifts up the shoulders of Moses when it is time for battle, and Aaron lifts up my shoulders when it's time for anything. If you guys just appreciate Aaron Coleman, just let him know by giving him like a hand clap. He's a good guy. We love Aaron. We love Aaron. Well, with that being said, uh, we're just going to dive right in tonight to the book of Ephesians. It's exciting. Uh, how many of you guys, by just some noise or by a show of hands, how many of you guys love the book of Ephesians so much? You guys like it already? It's going good. It's going good. If you've never read it, uh, you need to read it. Uh, if this is your first time with us in the book of Ephesians, uh, buckle your seatbelts. we got a lot of review we're going to do, but we're going to try and cram the first three chapters of Ephesians into like five minutes just to review for you guys. Is that okay? Is that good? Okay, so turn with me to the slides uh, because we got some slides to help this uh, be easier for you guys if you guys are taking notes. So just in a quick little review, I'm going to have Olivia, if you can hit that next slide um, and advance just a little bit. So this letter has a theme. The theme is new life in Christ. 
colon, the life of the believer. We're going to be talking, uh, and we have been talking the last seven weeks, and we're going to continue talking for the next eight. Uh, yes, we're going to be in Ephesians for 16 weeks. It's going to be fun. Um, and we're going to be talking about what new life means, what new life as a believer means, as someone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ. This is best summed up uh, as the riches, the reflection, and the readiness of the believer. And, and we've been talking for the last few weeks uh, about what this means. The richness is, is those spiritual blessings, those spiritual gifts, our spiritual wealth that we have as believers, as we have entered into the family of God. We see all these different riches and blessings and wealth that we receive as believers. Then as we move to what the reflections would be as we are living our lives with these riches that we have in Christ, as you guys remember that phrase, in him or in Christ or in God or in himself, occurs 27 times in this letter that Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus. And we're going to see that as we live in Christ, this new life as a believer operating in these riches, we are going to uh, innately reflect something. Okay, And when it comes to the reflections that we have as believers, we need to be reflecting Christ with everything that we do. And if we're not reflecting Christ, we are hypocrites. And that is a big problem. We're going to talk more tonight about what it means to reflect. And then lastly, I want us to, to know, this is like way in the future, but we're going to talk about the readiness of the believer. Because if we are living our life in the richness that we have in Christ, and if we are living our life reflecting Christ, how many of you guys know that when you do those two things, you're going to be the enemy of some people okay not only are you going to be the enemy of some people but you're also going to be the enemy of our enemy our enemy which is satan okay uh the the ruler of all things evil okay and uh when we are living for the lord and in the lord we now pose a threat uh to him and he's going to come against us so we're going to see not only physical attack we're also going to see spiritual attack. So as believers, we need to be ready in season, in out, uh, to give a defense. But also we need to learn how to do warfare. And so Ephesians chapter 6 is going to talk about some familiar things to a lot of us. Maybe some new things uh, to some of us. But it's going to talk about what spiritual warfare looks like and what our weapons are as believers. Amen? Okay, so that's just like the fast forward. We're going to talk about that in a few months. Um, but so just in quick review, uh, what it means to have the richness of a believer. Liv, you can hit the next slide and you can just bump through. Okay, so we spent three weeks talking about the richness of the believer. There's one more. Uh, we looked at our riches as believers. We are chosen. We are adopted. We are accepted. We are redeemed. And we are forgiven. If that's confusing, hey, it's all good. We have our sermons recorded. Amen. So you can look at that at a later point. Then we looked at our resurrection as believers, Ephesians chapter 2, we were once dead, uh, but now we are made alive in God because of two of the most theologically important words in all of Scripture. But God, the entirety of our lives, the entirety of the history of the world, uh, hinges on those two words, but God. And because of God, we are made alive in Christ. And then we looked at what our rewards as believers are. It's our shared hope with this promise, this Messiah that Israel had, and our new way of living. Okay? So not only do we have riches, but we also have uh, some reflections as the believer. And last week we looked at what the revelation... Whoa. Sorry. Back up just a little bit. All of us. All right. <laughs> so last week we looked at what the revelations... The revolutions and the relationships for the believer is, uh, and and we looked at what it means to have a mutual relationship in Christ. We talk so much in Christianity, especially in Western culture, about a personal relationship with Jesus, but it's important for us to have a mutual relationship in Jesus as well. Amen? 
And so we talked about what it means to be the church. It was a, a, a revolutionary idea in the first century. Uh, it, it was revealed by God, and it was for relationship, and it is all about unity. But unity, as we know, costs us. Okay, And unity costs us our freedom, it will cost us our pride, and ultimately it costs Jesus his life. Christ died so that the church could be formed. Okay, And so when we forsake church, when we don't go to church, uh, we're actually thinking less of what Jesus did for us on the cross. So it is quintessential, it is so important for us to be in church all the time. Amen? Amen. I know I just stepped on a few toes, but that's okay. So this week, guys, uh, we're going to just dive into what this message is. Liv, you can go now. Thank you so much. Uh, this week, as of last week, we were looking at the revelation, the revolution, and the relationship. This week, we're going to be talking about the reasons, the renewal, and the reputation for the believer. As you guys can tell, I like the letter R for the book of Ephesians. It's good. As we, uh, as we have known, uh, this is the Grand Canyon of all epistles, um, and because and it, it gives us a broad picture and a beautiful picture of what our life as believers should look like. So turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter uh, 3. And we're going to be diving in in just a few short moments. So let me know when you get to Ephesians chapter 3, Hello. verse 14 by saying holla. Holla, you guys all there? Let me know if you're not there by saying hold up. Hold up. I got a few hold ups. So we're going we're gonna to hold up until they get hollering. Amen. I don't even know. This isn't even my cup. But yes, it does have mustaches on it. It's pretty nice. My goodness, it is really hot in this room. Is it hot in here? Liv, can you crack that door open in the back? You can actually push it all the way and get it so that bucket. You, you can just put the bucket up against it. There we go. My goodness. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, we're going to dive in. You guys all there? Holla. Holla. Amen. Amen. So here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. We're picking up in verse 14. And we're going to read through to the end. This is what it has to say. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, that's very important, we're going to talk a lot about that tonight, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to his power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 That's a good portion of scripture. How many of you guys think that is a pretty epic portion of scripture? It's a, it's really epic to me when I think about it uh, because it's, it's a, it's a time where we get to kind of like eavesdrop. Okay. How many of you guys have ever eavesdropped on someone before? Never. Man, no one, oh, only one hand raised. I saw one head nod. Uh, y'all are liars, okay? Uh, repent. Uh, y'all eavesdropped before. I've caught some of you guys eavesdropping before. I've been talking to someone, and then I look around the corner, and I just see someone like, what's going on over there? Uh, and, yeah, we, we, by nature, we like to know what's going on. How many of you guys, by a show of hands, like to be in the know? 
You like to be in the know, right? No. no. Yeah, you want to know what's going on. And so at this portion of the scripture, we get the opportunity to like sneak in and hear someone while they're praying. Okay? This is really cool. Jesus talks about prayer uh, in the Gospels. And he talks about how there's two different kinds of prayer. There's the prayer of those who are the Pharisees uh, and who are the hypocrites who stand out in the square and they pray with all these really fanciful words and, 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 and talk about, Oh, thou art my God, the maker of heaven and earth, and thou is doeth this kind of coolest stuff, you know? And, like, just really weird, like, things that we don't even say anymore. Uh, and, it, and it's so theological. No one, including God, understands what's going on. No, I'm just messing. But, uh, but like, he talks about these people who pray loudly so that all can hear and be like, My goodness, did you hear Becky? She's so spiritual, you know, and uh, but God doesn't hear those prayers, okay? Uh, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us that God hears the prayers of those who don't have the words to say, who pray in their secret place, who play in their, uh, who, who pray, not play, uh, in their closet, and, and who come before the Lord humble, okay? Humble. And so, I believe Paul to be a humble guy, okay? We heard two weeks ago him, by his own claim, to be humble, okay? Okay. Um, I believe Paul probably prayed in secret a lot. He didn't have to go out in the square and make a big deal. His preaching did that, okay? Uh, but what Paul tended to do in a lot of his letters, we see it in Colossians, we see it in uh, Corinthians, is, is, is he would write down a prayer that he was praying for the specific church he was uh, writing the letter to. And we see here in verses 14 through 21 that this is a prayer that Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. Okay, and I think it's a prayer that would apply to us as well. Okay, um, and, and and we know it's a prayer because in verse fourteen it says, "For this reason, I, I being Paul, bow to my knees." Okay, uh, and so some people believe, hey, this might be a literal bowing to his knees. Maybe he's just saying metaphorically. For those of you guys who know the history surrounding Paul at this time, uh, he's chained twenty four seven to a Roman soldier. And that Roman soldier will rotate out every few days, uh, but he's chained to him. He's under house arrest, but they didn't have the cool ankle bracelets back then. How many of you guys ever wear those ankle bracelets? Raise your hand. That's not a good thing to be proud of. Um, but back in the day when you were on house arrest, since you didn't have an ankle bracelet, you had a Roman soldier chained to you. Hey, how cool is that? Uh, and we know from the book of Acts that some of those soldiers who were attached to Paul, they got saved. They believed in Jesus because when you're chained to one of the greatest apostles of all time, you're probably going to hear about grace. You're probably going to hear about Jesus. And you're probably going to have something to do because you don't have anywhere else to go. Okay, so imagine a Roman soldier holding Paul, and Paul goes down to his knees. Either the Roman soldier goes down to his knees also, or it's just a really awkward prayer like this, you know. And uh, I imagine uh, that Paul could be being uh, just, just saying it, or Paul's a cool dude, and those guys, they had to do what Paul did. So I'm, I'm going to step out on a limb and say Paul got down on his knees. How many of you guys have ever heard, um, heard the statement when it comes to prayer? Well, how many of you guys pray? Maybe that's a good question I should ask. How many of you guys prayed before? Has anyone ever prayed? I'm talking, you can be praying for the biggest thing or just praying for your McDonald's cheeseburger that it doesn't uh, kill you, okay? Um, <laughs> hey, man, y'all ate a McDonald's cheeseburger in the last year. I know you did. No. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> yeah, John's not here. We can all talk about John because he eats a lot of McChickens. No, it's all good. Um, but no, we pray. Sometimes we pray amiss. Sometimes we pray for specific things. Uh, how often do we pray? That's a question that you answer on your own. You don't have to tell us all how often you pray. But I would say, hey, prayer is a good thing. Uh, how many of you guys have ever heard uh, the statement uh, that most battles 
uh, are one before they are fun. You guys ever heard that one before? Uh, how, how many of you guys play sports? How many of you guys play sports? Okay. Uh, in sports, all your games that are won are won before they're played. Okay. They're won in how hard you practiced, how hard you trained in the off season, and how well you learned what you were going to do. When you lose a game, it's because the other team practiced harder the week before. It's because the other team was more ready for the game. And the same thing goes with a lot of things in life. We tend to win our battles. We tend to win or succeed in things uh, before they actually happen. So I would, um, I would pose to you guys, do you guys think it is good to pray before we do things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's probably a good thing to do. Um, my, my good brother, Dennis Hayes, he's two of yours father out there. Uh, he has a really cool sweatshirt that I'm so jealous of. Uh, it's like the coolest sweatshirt I've ever seen. I think it's from like 1993, which makes it even cooler. But it's a, all it is, it's like this picture on a white sweatshirt of a pair of really like torn up jeans, you know. Uh, and, and, and they're torn around the knees. And it has some sort of phrase like, uh, I win my battles on my knees or something like that. Pray hard. Pray hard. And it says like, pray hard at the bottom. And it's like legit. Because it's like this person like prays so hard, uh, they're tearing their jeans up because they're on their knees praying. Uh, and, and so some of you guys may be like, on your knees, like what does that even mean? Like when I pray, I sit down or I stand up. Uh, but it was a thing back in the day. Um, how many of you guys have ever been to a Catholic church before? Okay, on the back of the pews, you know that like thing that like folds down that's padded? No, that's not a footrest. Sorry to step on your toes. Actually, I can't step on your toes because I'm up on the thing that's not a footrest. But uh, <laughs> that was funny. Y'all can laugh at that, okay? No, what that thing is, is it's for in mass. They put it down and they pray on their knees, okay? That is a very biblical thing. That's a very traditional thing. And I think we've forgotten a lot of that in our modern uh, church culture. But it's good to pray on our knees. It's good to pray uh, laying flat on your face. It's just good to pray in general, okay? Uh, it was said one time that multiple preachers uh, were were going in and they were having drinks. Since they were pastors, they probably weren't drinking alcohol unless they were uh, reformed, which is okay. Uh, no, <laughs> it's okay. So, some of you guys got that joke. Some of you didn't. It's all good. Uh, but uh, um, So they all go into the, to, to, to McDonald's to get a drink. We'll say that. Um, and... Uh, uh, they're all talking about what the best way to pray is, and in one, one of them, he, he's like an extreme like holiness movement guy, and he says the only way to pray uh, where God will hear you is when you lay prostrate on your face and, and, and cry out before the Lord on your face like the prophets of old did. And, and, and one of the other, uh, a Catholic priest said, "Hey, that's all good and stuff, but but I'm gonna pray on my knees. Uh, I got my cool little bench thing, you know. I'm gonna pray on my knees." And then the other one, who was a Protestant minister, said, "You know, I." I like tend to pray uh, uh, sitting in my office behind my desk in my nice leather chair, and I like to pray uh, for hours before the Lord, you know. And then the person who's who, who's working at the counter overhears them and kind of starts chuckling, and they said, well, what do you think the best way to pray is? And he said, well, uh, the time that uh, I had my best prayer uh, was when I was hanging uh, from my toes over a lake from a string um, when my buddies decided to pull a prank on me when I was in second grade and I just said, oh, please, God, don't let me fall in the water. And uh, it, it, it just goes to show that there isn't uh, a specific method to how you pray. I know, really anticlimactic story. It's not my story. It's not my story, but it's anticlimactic. Uh, but the point of it is there's no, like, extreme 
like order of how to pray. Jesus said when we don't know how to pray, he said pray this way, and he gives us the thing. But really, guys, prayer is just talking to God, okay? Prayer is talking to God. First uh, Thessalonians tells us in First Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, and I think the 18th verse it says, pray without ceasing. Okay? And we are called to pray at all times. And, and we are called to be in prayer. And what does it mean to be in prayer? It just means, hey, let's be in constant conversation with God. And uh, that has nothing to do with our sermon for tonight. Uh, so amen for tangents and for side bunny rabbit trails. This is a prayer uh, from Paul. Okay? Um, so where I'm actually going with all this is that Paul Paul here is praying. And this is what he says. Uh, he, he's praying for the whole family in heaven and earth. Um, uh, that God would grant them by the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. That's what we're going to talk about tonight, guys. We're going to talk about the love of Christ. We're going to talk about the love of God. We're going to talk about the love uh, that our God has for us. Bo sang that song uh, earlier this evening, How He Loves Us. Um, and He loves us, okay? It's, it's, it's undeniable uh, how much God loves us. And we're going to, we're going to look really tonight uh, kind of threefold, um, really fourfold, but I want to focus on, on three things when it comes uh, to the love of Christ. How many of you guys know when it comes to God? We serve a God uh, that is the one God, okay? There is only one God, okay? No matter what modern religion, no matter what ancient religion, no matter what philosophy may try and tell you, uh, there is only one God, okay? And we serve the one, the true God, Yahweh, um, who was, who is, and who is to come, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end, okay? He was not created, uh, nor will he be destroyed. He is one God, okay? And uh, But for all of us who know theology, and maybe you've grown up in church and you may know this, uh, he is one God, but he is made up of three persons, okay? Uh, we know it as the Trinity, okay? Uh, in the early church, they knew it as a, a, the divine mystery. Hey, nothing's changed. It's still a mystery to us. We, uh, we may have heard it described uh, as like an egg, okay? An egg can't have uh, one without the other. It has its shell. It has its yolk and bonus points for who knows what the white of the egg is called. The gross stuff. Not the gross stuff. Anyone know what the white of an egg is called? The uh, white. primordial soup. The primordial soup. No. It's called the albumin. Everyone say albumin. Albumin. Look at that. Now you are all super smart. And, and so people like to like compare the Trinity to an egg. Some people compare the Trinity to uh, space matter time continuum. You can't have one without the other. Um all somewhat good, but they don't. Chicken. Yeah, the the what? Chicken. Yeah, like chickens. You can't have the wings without the thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> but the Trinity. How many of you guys know? Bonus points if you do. Uh, what are the three persons of God? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Oh man, that's good. That's good. I now you don't have to answer this, but if I were to ask you, this is a good Bible question and it's a good apologetics question. Where can you show and how can you show by Scripture? Uh, that the Trinity uh, is there. How many of you guys know that the word Trinity is not used in the Bible at all? Okay, it's not used in the Bible. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. You don't have to raise your hands or anything, so I don't want to put you on the spot. But how many of us could uh, show where the Trinity uh, is in Scripture? 
Okay. If if your answer to that is I don't know, uh, search it out. It's really good. Um, some religions that the world would uh, say are Christian, they believe uh, there isn't a Trinity. Uh, they believe that Jesus is created, uh, that the Holy Spirit is just the essence of God. Um, but no, there are three distinct persons, all one God. Okay. Uh, and as we take a look at this portion of Scripture, uh, there's some things that I really want us to point out here because we can see here uh, that. Paul is praying to the Father uh, that he, that the Father would grant us according to his riches and his glory that we be strengthened by the Spirit, okay, and that we would understand the love of God in Christ, okay? So all three are mentioned here. Uh, And then it starts talking about some geometry, okay? How many of you guys love geometry? It's the only math I like. I hate algebra. I hate calculus. Trigonometry is okay, but geometry is awesome. Uh, And we we see in the Bible, whoever said the Bible uh, wasn't a scholarly book, uh, they're wrong. Uh, They're ignorant. uh, Because not only does it have science and history, it's got math. Uh, God is the great mathematician. And uh, we we have some geometry here. Uh, If you guys were smart and you were following along... uh, would you be able to point out the geometry that's talked about here uh, in verse 18? Yeah, say that one more time. Me? Yeah, you. Okay, so we see some width, some length, some depth, and some height. Okay? These are all uh, dimensional measurements uh, for those of you who... Uh, didn't have to do math after you graduated high school. Here's a refresher for you guys. Um, When it comes to spatial objects, they have a x-axis and a y-axis. Okay? And that's that's a two-dimensional object, but we live in a three-dimensional world. This is not Paper Mario, and it's a three-dimensional world, so there is a z-axis that shows depth, right? Okay? Uh, so we have the X, the Y, and the Z, three-dimensional. Cool. Uh, and you're like, why are you telling me about geometry? It's finals week. I just want to get to spring break next week. Come on. Um, but, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about geometry tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about volume because how many of you guys know that we serve a God who has a love that is so volumetric that it can't be contained? Amen? Amen. Amen. And so we're going to talk about uh, the, the cubed uh, the the volume of God's love tonight. And to do that, we must first look at how high God's love is for us. Okay, The height of God's love. And when I think about height, what comes into your mind when you think about height? When I think about height, I think about maybe the tallest buildings or trying to reach up into the sky. Is that kind of things that would maybe resonate with you guys? When, when I say height, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Yao Ming. I heard Wesley. Uh, Yeah, we're talking about things that are really tall. Um, And when I think about uh, height, I think about uh, God in heavens, in the heights, above all of us. God is above us, and his love is extremely, extremely high. He loves us from up in heaven, okay, and and he loves us with a love uh, that is so great, is so great. So if you're taking notes, guys, the first point when we're talking about the love of God is the height of God's love, and this is the love that the Father gives to us, 
okay, that the Father gives to us here on earth. The Father gives us this love, um, and he demonstrates this love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay? For God, being the Father, loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten Son, which is Jesus, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Okay, we're talking about the love that comes from the height of God. Okay? Because God is at the height of everything. Okay, we talk in civilizations and in economies. We're trying to get to a high point. Okay, God is the ultimate high point, and his love is the ultimate high point. Okay? The next thing I want you guys to think of is we're going to talk about the width. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the width of God's love. Okay? How many of you guys know that the width of God's love is demonstrated towards us uh, by Jesus, the Son, by the Christ, the Messiah? Okay? Now, when you think of width, what do you think of? What's that? <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat that. It's all good. Uh, when you think of width, what else do you think of? Man, and it just went silent. My goodness. No, width. Like, what are some things that are extremely, extremely wide? The Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's pretty wide, the ocean. These are things, man, I lost all you guys. Thank you, Justin. Uh, width, okay? It is very wide. How many of you guys, if you were to demonstrate, if you were to demonstrate with your arms, how would you try and show us what width is? with an expression of your arms. Like this. Right, like this, okay? This isn't very wide, so I was like, this is how wide I would show you. That's not very wide. How many of us, Joel, you're probably the tallest one in the room right now, stand up. Everyone look at Joel, okay? Joel, Joel, show us width. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Show us width, look at that. He's got a wingspan. Look at that. Arms. Boom. Like an eagle. Okay. Uh, Width. Okay. Now, Joel, when he stood up there with his arms spread out, it reminds me of something. It reminds me of something. Jesus shows us. Jesus shows us the width of his love when he spread his arms out for us upon the cross. God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How did Christ die? Christ died like this, showing us the width. And people say, well, how much does God love me? How many of you guys have ever seen this cliche? How much does God love me? And then someone says, God loves me this much. Okay? Because when he died upon the cross, he stretched out his arms to bear all of our sin, to bear all of our hate upon his shoulders, and he did it because he loves us. So not only is God's love for us high... But God's love for us has some width to it. It's wide. Okay? And uh, we could spend hours talking about how Christ uh, demonstrated his love towards us. But we, we have a few more points that we got to get to tonight. One of the other volumetric measurements uh, is not only height, not only width, but we also see the depth of God's love. Okay? It's like the old song, deep and wide, deep and wide. Uh, but we can see the depth of God's love by his spirit. Okay? What did Jesus say to the disciples uh, while he was still here on earth? He said, it is better for you that I... What did he say? Finish the sentence. It is better for you if I... Yeah, return, leave, go back to the Father. Why? Because I'm going to send you the helper. And who's the helper? It's the Holy Spirit. 
Okay? God loved us with height, and he sent his son down to love us with width. But we have depth of love in the Holy Spirit. And this is the really cool thing, because Jesus said, hey, it's better that I leave so that you can have the Holy Spirit. And he said, hey, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses, okay, to complete God's mission here on earth, okay? We'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And then he says, hey, the Holy Spirit's got a bunch of other stuff for you too, okay? And if you were here uh, eight weeks ago, we talked a little bit about what the Holy Spirit has to offer when we looked at Acts chapter 19 when Paul goes to Ephesus and he, he realizes, hey, there's some people here who have never received the Holy Spirit and he prays and they receive the Holy Spirit and they begin to do some pretty miraculous things, okay? Not only do they have power to be witnesses, not only do we see people being healed, not only do we see people prophesying, but we see people speaking in tongues, okay? And there's some really... In, um, amazing things uh, that come with the Holy Spirit, but they all are rooted in the love that comes from God. God, the Holy Spirit, ha shows us the depth that we have in Him. Okay, Not only do we see in the book of Acts these uh, operations of the Holy Spirit talked about, we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14, we see these operations talked about at length. Romans chapter 12, we see some more. In Ephesians chapter 4, next week, we're going to see some more of these gifts and these operations and these manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And these show us the depth of God's love for us. Okay, God would be a pretty shallow God if he said, all right, I love you, but now I'm gone. I'll see you in a few thousand years. That's kind of a shallow love. And we serve a God who's not shallow, but we serve a God who's deep. And he sent his spirit to be our helper, to be our guide, and to be our empowerer. Okay? And, and I think this is cool. How many of you guys? How many of you guys think that power is awesome? Okay. How many of you guys think that godly power is even cooler than human power? How many of you guys ever worked out before? What? How many of you guys have ever worked out before? Dusty I said work out, and Dusty and Evan, who both had their heads down at the same time, popped up. What? And uh, Dusty is opening a gym, and Evan's at 24-hour fitness, 24 hours a day, and. Uh, uh, we like to work out, okay? And Paul talks about how physical exercise profits us a little bit, but spiritual exercise profits us much, okay? And we can have power in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he empowers us not to make ourselves look cool, not to make ourselves seem like we're something big, but so that the gospel can be furthered, okay? To share the love of God with the world around us. Okay. How many of you guys have ever read the book of 1 John before? I'm going to give you all a little bit of homework tonight. Okay, And I know time is running short. I'm going to finish this thing up in five minutes. No, I'm not, but that's okay. I'm just giving you guys some false hope. Uh, uh, 1 John okay, it is by far my favorite book in the Bible. Is it legal for someone to have a favorite book in the Bible? It's no, all good. Uh, but 1 John is by far my favorite book in the entire Bible. Why? Because it tells us all about love. Okay, uh, and, and some of you know me, some of you know me really well, others of you don't know me uh, that well, uh, but I love love, uh, and I'm a very emotive person when I love, uh, and uh, I also uh, am a cryy kind of person, I'm a laughy kind of person, I just love emotion, uh, and I love love, okay, can, can, can someone love love? Uh, I do, uh, and I think God loves love as well, uh, and First John talks all about God's love. And it talks about how we can experience God's love and how we can share God's love. 
One of my favorite portions of scripture. Turn with me if you will, because I just think it's so good. Uh, turn with me to First John chapter uh, four. This is what it says in First John chapter four, verses seven and eight. Okay, I've got it probably memorized, as y'all should as well. Uh, if you don't have it memorized, underline it in your Bible because it's so good. There's even a song that goes along with it. I ain't gonna sing it because. Alex is singing it already. He's clapping. There we go. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who loves not does not know God, for God is love. Okay, God is love, and if we love, then we know God. This isn't talking about like, oh yeah, I love my best friend, you know, oh, I love my boyfriend, girlfriend. We're not talking about that kind of love. We're talking about the love that is like real love, okay? Uh, a love that passes over things, okay? A love that is unconditional. It's not natural for us to love this way. Uh, but God, by His Holy Spirit, the depth of His love warps us on the inside. Uh, and, and, and we start to learn how to love somebody uh, regardless of what they do to us. How many of you guys have that one person or that one friend? Maybe they're not a friend. Maybe it's an enemy who just rubs you wrong. And then they continue to rub you wrong. And you always like reach out to them. You're like, hey, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, and, 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 and for a time, they'll be like, oh, man, yeah, I love you. Like, I want to change what I'm doing. And, and I'm going to just like be a better friend to you. And then like five minutes later, they stab you in the back. And it just like goes south all over again. And, uh, um, and it's very easy for us to hate those people. Uh, but hate's a strong word. Uh, so it's easy for us to dislike those people. But we're called to love people. Okay? Uh, because love is of God and anyone who loves is of God. Okay? But if you don't love, you're not of God. And, and, and so God wants us to love with this unconditional love. So you, you, you guys' homework, I know, it's, I know it's finals week, but you guys' homework is read the entire book of First John and let me know what you think. Okay? It'll probably take y'all 15 minutes to read through the entire book. Let me know. Or if you're dusty, three hours. Uh, but let me know what you think. It's amazing. Uh, it, it's all about God's love. Um, so what we can see, when we see this, we see uh, perfect volumetric measurement, okay, with the height, the width, and the depth, okay, of God's love. It's triune. His love is triune, just like he is triune. And we can see this. And here's the thing. All of these loves, I'm getting there, the height of his love, the depth of his love, the width of his love, are all unending loves, okay? And unending has to do with length. When you think of a line, okay? When you think of a line, a line never ends. It never ends. It just keeps on going. And that's how God's love is for us. His love never ends. Never ends. How many of you guys have ever heard that song? I know we do it here all the time, so you guys can, you guys can say, your love never fails, it never gives up, it never... Right, there you guys go. God's love never fails, okay? He never gives up on us. He never runs out on us because his love goes on and on and on forever, okay? So not only is it deep, not only is it wide, not only is it high, but it goes on forever, okay? And the length of God's love is amazing. Liv, do I have any more slides? I don't think I do. No. Well, Amen. So this is what Paul closes his prayer with, so I think it's okay if I close my sermon with it. How's that? He says this. He says, I'm going to have Bo come up. Bo's going to hop on the guitar and play a little bit in the back. Um, and I'm going to close with these two verses. Um, but then I'm going to ask you guys to stand to your feet. 
I'm also going to ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes because we're going to pray uh, for a few specific things. And I'll let you know what we're going to pray for uh, in just a second. But this is what it says in verse 20 uh, of Ephesians chapter 3. It says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine according to the power that works in us, to him, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have you guys stand to your feet and we're going to just pray real quick. And so I want you guys, um, if we can turn the lights down in here too, that'd be awesome. Because uh, guys, I want this to be a really, uh, just kind of a personal moment between you and God. I don't want you to be distracted by the person on your right or the person on your left. Uh, so, so let's all just bow our heads and close our eyes because I want this to be between us and God. Okay. Um, but when we talk about God's love, when we think about our world, so often we think we live in a world, uh, like where is the love? Where is the love? Uh, and I, I want to stand here tonight, guys, and tell you that God is love. Okay. And that God loves you regardless of what you've gone through, regardless of what you're going through. Here's one for you, regardless of what you've ever done, okay? That might be a hard pill to swallow at sometimes. You may be thinking to yourself, man, I've done so much. God can never love me. Oh, God can never forgive me for that. But guys, we serve a God who loves us unconditionally. He's the perfecter of love. He's the creator of love. He is love. And so if at any point in your life or, or, or at any point, maybe even today, You've thought to yourself, man, how could God love me? I want you to know tonight that God loves you, okay? And not only does he love you, but he wants to empower you by his spirit to go and love other people. Because I think if we were to go around the room and I were to ask you all individually, at sometimes percentages would say that some of us have a hard time loving people, okay? Let's be real with ourselves. We have a hard time loving people sometimes, but that's not what God wants for us. God wants us to love people the way he loves people. God wants us to see people the way he sees people. Because he loves them so much that he gave his self for them. And he calls us to lay down the things that we want, the things that we desire, so that we can love people with the same love that he has. So we're going to pray right now. And, 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 and I want you guys to just uh, bow your heads and close your eyes. Uh, and, and by a show of hands. Um, if you just tonight, if you want to pray uh, and, and just say, God, I've never felt your love. Um, maybe I've been blind to it. Uh, but tonight I want to feel your love. Um, just by a show of hands. Uh, it's just me. It's the only person you're letting know. It's me and God. Uh, and if you want to feel God's love, uh, I just want you to raise your hand tonight. All right. All right. Hands going up. Hands going up. If, um, if, if it's hard for you to love people and you just want to love the way uh, that God loves you, if, if you want to feel God's love and experience God's love so that you can then share love because you say, hey, I'm just a grumpy person. If you want to love people better, let us know by raising your hand tonight as well. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Almost every hand going up in the place. Okay. So tonight you guys can put your hands down. Tonight, what I'm going to have you guys do uh, is I just want you to pray with me. Okay. And you don't have to repeat Anything I say. Uh, but as I'm praying, I just want you to pray under your breath. God, help me love the way that you love me. Show me your love so that I can 
love those around me. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you. God, we thank you so much for your love. God, we thank you that you love us so much. God, that you sent your son to die for us. God, to pay the price for our sin, the death that we deserve. God, you loved us so much that you took our place. God, with a selfless love, with an unconditional love, God, you loved us. And God, I pray for those few who raise their hands tonight, who say, I just, I don't feel the love of God right now. God, I pray that, um, God, you would, you would show them uh, your love, uh, God, in a way that they would know that it is only from you. God, because your love is all around us, God, but sometimes we just get so easily distracted by the things of this world. God, we build up these preconceived notions of what you should be. Um, and God, we, don't, we can't understand you fully. But God, I just pray that you would, you would wrap your arms around those, God, and that you would show your love uh, to them in just such a way that it would just inspire them and it would encourage them, uh, God, to then go show that love, uh, God, to people all around. God, that it would, it would fill them with such joy. Uh, God, that they wouldn't be able to contain themselves. God, that they would be full of your spirit. They would be empowered to go share the gospel because they love, not because their youth pastor or their college pastor or anyone tells them, hey, this is what you should go do, but because they just love people. And God, I pray for those who raise their hand, almost every single person in here, God, who raise their hand and say, I just want to love people. I'm grumpy at times. Sometimes people just rub me wrong and I just want to love people. God, I just pray right now, uh, God, that you by your spirit would just compel us to love people. God, that our hearts would be open, that our eyes would be open to see people the way that you see them. God, that we would just love. Because, God, you are love. And, God, I just pray that uh, this group, Ecclesia, Young Adult Ministry, God, the Hillside Christian Fellowship would be known as a place that is full of love. God, the people who are hurting, people who who are in pain, God, that they could come and they would just experience the love of Christ. God, that they would experience the love of Christ through the people of Christ. God, I pray that like that song says, God, may we be your hands, may we be your feet. God, because we love you, God, and we want to love others. So God, I just pray, uh, God, that we would be built up we'd be built up in our most holy faith. God, that we would, like Paul prayed for us 2,000 years ago, God, that we would know and we would experience the fullness of your love. So God, we thank you and we praise you. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Bo's going to lead us in one more song. Stand with arms high and heart of
Surrender all I am is yours. 